we have to think about the whole the whole jumping on horses in a very systematic form. Horses want to do the right thing. We just have to think about how we can put them in a situation that they can do that for us. So for me, it, it's quite basic and it shouldn't be complicated. Um, the, the most important thing about, about it is having a good quality to your canner and, and, and the horse has been able to understand and are ready for the questions that we're asking of them and, and then we kind of can go from there. Welcome to the Practical Horseman podcast, featuring conversations with respected riders, industry leaders, and horse care experts. The show is co-hosted by Practical Horseman editors, and our goal is to inform, educate, and inspire. I'm Sandy Olenek, and this week's episode is with Irish eventer Tim Bork. I'm excited to bring you this episode with Tim. I didn't know too much about him as a person until we spoke on the phone in mid-February. His resume, which I'll get to in a moment, is impressive, but it was his answers to so many of my questions that I found really insightful and interesting. I love how Tim speaks about the horse who took him around the Kentucky three-day event several times, Lacan Quality. When Tim talks about him, I think you can really hear the admiration, the gratitude, and the affection that he has for Obi. I also like about how he's of what he learned from one of his early mentors, Bruce Davidson, and how he didn't even realize how much he had learned until looking back. Tim also mentions that he's now learning more than he ever has from Olympian David O'Connor, but points out that it might be because he's at a stage in his riding where he's ready to hear the information. I think that's such a truth for many of us. We can learn only what we're ready to mentally, physically, and emotionally. You'll also find out more about Tim's training philosophy, which you heard in the opening quote, like his systematic approach to things. This seems to be a highlight of his program, along with keeping things basic and not complicated, which I know for me is always a good reminder. Those are just a few tidbits that you'll glean from this interview. To fill you in on some background about Tim, he grew up in Ireland and inherited his love of horses from his grandmother. He achieved an A rating in Pony Club and later attended Gertine Agricultural College for equine studies and business. Upon graduation, Tim traveled to the United States to work for Bruce for two years. Tim also worked for eventer Sharon White for about six years before opening his own stable Stones Throw Farm in 2014 in Berryville, Virginia with his wife, Marley Stone Bork, also an eventer. It is out of Stone's Throw that they operate their riding and training business, Bork Eventing. Tim rode Obi at the Kentucky three-day event five times. Four of those times they finished in the top 20, and two of those times they had the fastest cross-country time of the day, attesting to Tim's description of Obi as a cross-country machine. They also keep, competed at the Burley Horse Trials in 2015, and in 2018, they were named the traveling alternates for the Irish eventing team at the World Equestrian Games. Before getting into the conversation, I'd like to thank the sponsor of this week's podcast, Kentucky Performance Products, and share their message. 
The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products because KPP is owned by horse people exactly like you. Each KPP supplement is crafted using research-proven formulas and high-quality ingredients. We are always available to help you choose the best supplement to fit your horse's lifestyle. To learn more, visit kppusa.com. To find KPP on Facebook and Instagram, search hashtag KPPUSA. For nutritional supplements you can count on, trust Kentucky Performance Products. Now, let's jump right into the conversation with Tim, where he first shares how he got started in riding. Um, started from young age, pretty much. Uh, when I was growing up, I grew up in uh, a town in the west of Ireland called Westport. And um, uh, my grandmother had a, had a riding school. We used to take the tourists out for trail rides. And uh, we had like a pony club and gym can and stuff like that. So, you know, we, we grew up riding from day one, really. That was it, you know, got going. And we didn't actually have any form of formal education with riding. It was all very much like going by the seat of your pants and um, a lot of bareback riding and just general stuff like that. And what was it about uh, horses and the sport that drew you in? I don't know. I always had a love for horses. I didn't know what direction it was going to actually take me in my life. I just knew that it was going to be something, or I hoped it was going to be something uh, with horses. So, you know, in, in, in growing up uh, through high school, started into the local pony club and got going from there and um, ended up. Uh, at a show barn, um, uh, Philip Scott's place in 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 Ballinan. Um he was really good to me and helped me get through a bunch of my pony club exams and got me started in it. And then you know going to going to college, I decided that uh, uh, there was a there was an agricultural college called Gertine Agricultural College um, that I liked to course in it it was equine through business and you know we learned all about the business side of things and a lot of practical stuff so that that was something that I, I i loved really got stuck into and it was good when we were there um worked at a couple of different places you know trying to fund my way through college a little bit um so i worked in it in a big dealer's yard and got plenty of experience riding all types of horses there and then got a job for a guy called John Craig, who um, bred quite a lot of uh, real good event horses. His prefix was Kilroad, and I think the big one over in this country was uh, um, uh, Peter Barry's horse, the Kilroad Abbott horse, you know. Um, so rode for John for a while, and he got me into eventing and gave me a bunch of young horses to get started on. And um, that was my real introduction to... Uh, to, to eventing and from there I kind of loved it you know so came time to graduate from college and wondering where I was going to go I always thought I'd go home to to Westport and start up my own business and uh, have a barn from there and um, as, 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 it, as it happens I said okay well I'll go abroad for six months or a year and try and work somewhere and see see how that goes get some mileage and then go home from there um, that's what brought me to the States. One of my tutors um, uh, knew uh, 
Bruce Davidson through just a mutual friend and uh, she got me a job working for Bruce and came over for two years. It was great. And then uh, went back to Ireland for, I think I went back for almost a year. My now wife, Marley, um, was in college at the time and she she transferred and went to Ireland for a year. And uh, we were there. That was good. And then we came back to, to the States work for Sharon for six or seven years, Sharon White for six or seven years, and then we started up our own business. So that's really the whole story behind it all. What What was it and what is it about eventing uh, that you like, say, compared to show jumping? Well, if you think about the background that I grew up in, it was a lot of, like, out riding across fields and jumping stone walls and, you know, anything we could dare ourselves to do we did and that's sort of where the, the thrill of it came from and I think uh, my strongest suit is cross country it's the part that I like the best so you know you have to suffer through a little bit of the dressage to get to the bit you want. <laughs> so when you returned to Ireland uh, after working for for Bruce um, that led to your meeting uh, your top horse Lacan quality Lacan quality yeah um, I went and worked um, I went and worked for for the reaps there they have a big show jumping facility in in North Mayo um, and it's actually Jonathan now is one of my best friends it's where all of my horses come from is is, is from Jonathan um, so we struck off a pretty good relationship I went and worked worked there for a little while when I was in Ireland and I ended up uh, breaking Obi as a three-year-old um, got him going and you know it came time to go back to the states i went back and uh, a couple of months later they gave me the horse and let me take the horse over here that's really where it started with him can you talk about obi what he's like to ride what what makes him a special horse <laughs> he's a machine he is an absolute <laughs> machine he's he was never the best on the flat and he was uh he was always a little bit strong, but I think looking back at that time in my career, I think it was probably the best horse you could ever imagine having. You know, there was a little bit of a, a pig-headed from him and a little bit of pig-headed from me, and, you know, he was so talented. It was all raw talent with that horse, and he, there was never there was never a question that he, that he would ever say no to, and, you know, I think a little bit, naiveness on my part was you know you just point him at something and he went and did it and he brought me so far so so quick and um we did kentucky five times we did burley and um yeah he he, he was a he's an amazing amazing horse he um in back in 2018 right before the world games he was we were shortlisted to go for ireland to try on and he unfortunately got EPM um, during the summer right before the games and um, just just came up lame behind. He went quite neurologic and then ended up having some muscle atrophy behind and stay it's it unfortunately ended his career a little bit early, but you know, that that's I, I owe everything to that horse. So now he's come back and he's 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 get going again and my groom Catherine uh, rides him and she took him to her first jumper show at Bruce's Field the other week and jumped him around the one the, tens the and the horse is happier than ever to be out and doing something and back at it and for me it's 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 so nice to see him having a new job, a new lease in life and being able to, you know, 
still have purpose. Um, and I thought it was fun. I was reading on your website uh, a little bit about him, and uh, you had something that he quacks like a duck while being tacked up. Uh, can you, he sounds <laughs> yeah, like a character. He did, he did that for a long time, and then after he got tie back surgery uh, after the first Kentucky, it, it it sort of petered out a little bit. I don't know if the tie back surgery affected his quacking, but <laughs> you know he's 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 definitely a, a a personality. That horse, his favorite thing is peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> so you you mentioned uh, you know that dressage wasn't his favorite thing. How did you how did you work? Uh, to make that better? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a good question. I don't know. I think um, he, he he's such a clever horse, like he'd frustrate you to, to, to the last and always in, in building up to the big shows, he was he was, he was was terrible. He was horrible. <laughs> he'd be trying to do some dressage and he'd be just looking at you straight in the eyes with his head upside down. And, uh, it did what he wanted to do, but it was quite interesting. He always came out on the big days and, and, and actually gave me a, a pretty okay test. Like, I think each year at Kentucky, he put me around the middle of the field, which for him was fine, because if you stayed on it, you were going to finish up there. So, you know, um, with with it, with with him giving you mediocre dressage test, which was like winning the lottery with him, it was awesome. Um, and then you could rock around the cross country. I think he was, was the fastest time at Kentucky three years in a row. Like he was just an out and out machine cross country. Um, and then go in and try and leave the poles up in the show jumping. It put us in the top twenty uh, several times there. So you know. It, it, it was something that was manageable, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were at Bruce's, um, you know, is there anything that stands out in terms of what you learned from him? Bruce is an amazing, amazing, amazing man. There's, there's, there's parts of my riding that I picked up there that I didn't even know about. I and mean, like years later, you go back and you look and you see, like, uh, I have a habit cross country where. Um, I bridge my reins all the time and I put my hands I just put my hands down bridge my reins and let the horses run a little bit and, uh, and then and then use use your body more than your hands to change the balance in front of the fences I never knew I did it and then one day I was just riding around I was like look down and just bridge my reins and here I'm going I went back to Bruce uh, I saw him at plantation I said Bruce you know what I do? I never knew I did it. I bridge my reins all the time. I wonder where I got that from. And he just laughed at me because it was something that man was so gifted cross country. It was it was it was a pleasure to watch him go. And you pick up on little things uh, that you don't even know about. You know. Mm-hmm. I will say, all the time there, people say Bruce is a hard man, hard man to work for, and and all the rest. Bruce was unbelievably good to me, and I think once you figure out. Uh, what, why he's there and what he what he wants you to do you can stay ahead of it and you know he's there for the right reasons and when the man stops yelling at you you know there's something wrong so you know <laughs> <laughs> i was very very um appreciative of my time there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i guess a similar question about your years with sharon um you know what was it like to work for her and and what did you learn from her Sharon and I uh, now have farms that are, I think we're about a mile apart. She's in on the West Virginia side of the line and we're on the Virginia side of the line. And Sharon's like a big sister to me. Like there's, there's, 
nothing that lady would ever not do for me and vice versa and it's a relationship that's gonna last forever it's she's always always gonna be there for me and 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 the same you know what I learned there, I think everything, you know, the opportunities that she gave, the instructor, the instructors that she brought in, the instruction that she gave, you know, it, it kind of molded me into in, into what I am now, you know. So she had instructors, like Jimmy Walford was there all the time, Linda Zhang was there all the time, you know. You couldn't ask for better support and help than that. You know, and even now, when when it comes to the big shows, we'll 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 get together and walk around the cross country course, and there might be ten words between us going around. Like both of us know what each other's thinking, and mm-hmm. it's it's just reassuring to have someone that you can you can walk around one of those big courses and not be baffled by too much information. And you, you personally, you know your own horse pretty well, and. You don't want to change from what you're naturally going to do. You know, I think it's just just a little bit, well, I'd watch this or I'd watch that. And, you know, it's 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 a really cool relationship that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, have there been any other mentors who've influenced your riding and and how so? Oh, that's a tough question. It's been a lot of them, a lot of mm-hmm. them right now. I been riding uh, quite a lot with David O'Connor and I think it's made a massive difference to me at this point in my career I don't know if it's if it's that eventually I'm I'm ready to hear the information and educated enough to be able to to let some of it sink in but I do feel right now that I'm getting some of the best instruction that I've ever got and uh, yeah it, it, it it's it's great Going through the show jumping, like when I was in Ireland, Jonathan was very good and uh, he, he helped me so much with my show jumping. So that that was good. And then another Irish guy, actually, Brian Murphy, when I was over here, he's uh, a really, really clever guy. And he helped me quite a lot with my show jumping for a long time. And uh, yeah, no, there's been there's been many, many great people that have that have contributed through the years. Mm-hmm. And we've, of course, spoken about Obi, but um, have there been any other important or influential horses in your life? You know, he was the first, and no one's ever going to be able to take that away from him. He, he was he was phenomenal. I feel like right now I've got probably one of the best groups of horses uh, that, that anyone could ever imagine. I've got this little mare called Quality Time, and it's just a machine. It's the most amount of fun to ride every day, and you know she she mightn't be the flashiest mover but she's the cleverest jumper and she's so good cross country um and then a couple of young horses coming through to watch out for like them i've a mare called um quality obsession i think is probably one of the most talented horses that i've ever sat on um yeah there's a, another another lovely horse called quality explosion all horses that came from jonathan and uh you know, I, th- I think a lot of them. So I think in the next couple of years, you're going to see a few of them hopefully make it to the top of the sport and um, keep us going in the same direction. Um, moving on to talking a little bit about training and riding, uh, could you describe your overall training philosophy? This is a question that uh, comes in at the start when uh, when when I'm teach away teaching or teaching clinic or you meet new people. The, the first thing that I'll always say is that uh, 
my philosophy doesn't change between riding or or teaching. Uh, I, th- I think that we have to think about the whole the whole jumping on horses in a very systematic form. Horses want to do the right thing. We just have to think about how we can put them in a situation that they can do that for us. So for me, it it's quite basic and it shouldn't be complicated. Um, the the most important thing about about it is having a good quality to your canner and, and 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 the horse has been able to understand and are ready for the questions that we're asking of them and and then we kind of can go from there. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about a quality canter, why do you feel that's so important? Well, without it, you don't really have a whole lot. You have to have uh, options when you come to the fence. It, I think I put it a little bit in uh, in in perspective of if you ever watch uh, someone running uh, steeplechase or we're running hurdles. If you watch someone running hurdles and you watch them, they start and they get going and they get up to speed and then they balance themselves to get into the rhythm of jumping the hurdles. You know, if there was someone running behind them, pushing them, they're not going to be able to balance themselves and then they're going to miss their distance to that first hurdle and the, then then they're, they're out of sorts for the rest. It's the same thing with horses. You've got to be able to go forward with your canter especially through a turn and then as you come out you add your leg to add the energy and you close your hand to create the collection and then you uh, you, you let the horse find their own distance and then you support whatever decision that is to the fence and along similar lines what do you think makes a good horseman oh another good question I, I think I think good horseman it's 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 someone that knows when to push a horse when is the right what is the right thing to do with a horse and um i think it's also a lot to do with coping with your dealing with humans and their mistakes and 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 trying to help them with the understanding of what the horse is looking for what the horses need the abilities of the horse not every horse is gonna be a, a top top level of event horse but you have to understand that and know how to get the best out of each and every individual horse so you know and then as far as the care and the management of the horses i think it all goes hand in hand rome wasn't built with one person you know so it's it's all about the whole team that 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 works behind it and being able to spot things that are not quite right with the horse and address that situation. And, uh, horses should have long, healthy careers, and it's up to us to put them in that situation that they can have them. Do you have anything that's, um, I guess, in your care and management program that's very critical uh, to their well-being? Um, I think the day-to-day care is 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 the, the nutrition, the everything that you do for the horses is 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 really important for us. Our 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 regimen is keeping things as as simple as you can. So, for instance, all the horses are on the they pretty much the same grain the same supplements so as it's it's simple anyone no one can make a mistake no one can like anyone could walk into the feed room and be able to feed the horses and know that we're 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 not 
changing things around you know mm-hmm. um the horses i like my horses to go out at night and then come in during the day so you know every time the horse comes in from the field their feet are picked out just so as you don't miss anything you know you get to put your hand down each one of the horse's legs and feel for any cuts or bumps or anything that might be going on and um we try and stay on top of all that i've got a great group of girls that work for me and you know they're very sharp about being on top of uh, making sure that the horses are all right moving into competing and riding um what do you consider the highlights of your career so far and what's your favorite memory you'll never beat passing the finish line at a five star will you <laughs> <laughs> no it, it's it's the, the highlights have been the Kentuckys they've been amazing you know it was real good to go uh, across England and compete at Burley unfortunately we had a little blip on cross country and uh, one of my stirrups fell off so I lost a bunch of time uh, getting my stirrup back the horse still finished clear cross country but we had a, a ton of time faults because of it but you know, going going out here to Kentucky and and uh, and and competing at the at the top of the sport is just what it's all about. You know, you 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 live for it. And do you have a routine before a competition? <laughs> the girls will give give me grief about this one, but uh, cross country morning, I'll usually go in the tack room and get a couple of blankets out and have a, have a snooze before I go cross country. They usually have to wake me up to get me on my horse, but it's, that's, that's how I deal with the nerves of it. I have, have a little nap and, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit different. I don't, I don't get, I don't get wild about it. I'll usually have a pretty good breakfast in the morning and, and, uh, and then try and chill out. I'll have my plan for what I want to do. And I might walk around a little bit of the cross country, especially if, if the, the footings anyways, poor at all, I'll, I'll walk, I'll know where people are going to be, where the tracks are going to be. I'm, I'm fanatical about trying to find good footing. So as I'm going around, my last walk around is usually to try and find where I want to put my horse's feet, mm-hmm. uh, every step of the way around uh, in an ideal world. And then I'll, I'll, uh, if I'm late enough in the day, I'll try and go and have a snooze and, uh, get ready to go and get on and get going. Yeah. So how, how do you stay mentally focused? Especially, say, during cross-country day when it is so long. Um, I think the biggest thing is to know know your own plan and being brave enough to stick to it and, and, and not change. Like, obviously, if there's a specific question on course that's causing a lot of trouble, you might have to go take another look at it and make sure that the plan you have is, is, is not suicidal. It's not, it's not where everyone's running into bother, but... Most of the time, I'm I'm pretty confident about having my plan and sticking to it and not changing. I think you can get caught up in in listening to what everyone else is saying about the course and you know what what's good for their horse might be good for yours and will cause you to change your plan. I think you've got to be pretty uh, strict about sticking to your plan, really. And what would you say makes you a strong competitor? Mm. focus 
mm-hmm. focus. I think, you know, I think we're all in this for the same reason to try and be as competitive as as we possibly can it's not a sport that's going to make you rich it's a sport that you do because you love it i think being successful in this in this industry and in this sport is um earning enough money to be able to support what you want to do and putting good horsepower underneath you you know um making yourself competitive taking as many lessons as you can always getting always getting help always trying to improve yourself all of the time and looking back on your results and going well this was good enough and this wasn't good enough and how can i improve this and you know looking at the long-term goals rather than just just that one short-term goal i think that's hugely important and what uh, what are your other interests besides riding <laughs> there's not too many of them you know we're 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 fairly driven driven by these horses i watch a little bit of sport i like watching the nfl getting into the this season of football right now the six nations rugby is on in europe so um i watched listen to that yesterday on the radio on the way on the way to the show and um that's about it you know we got a little boy he's four he's he's four this year so he's starting to come through we spend a lot of time together and I'm sure he'll drag me into all different sports, but we'll see where we go. I was looking at your Facebook page, and it looks like he's uh, interested in horses a little bit. <laughs> it, when when the mood strikes him, yeah, we're we're not we're not terribly pushy. We don't. I don't mind if he doesn't ride. Of course, I love it if he does. But you know, um, you ask him if he wants to ride his pony. If he says no, that's 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 fine. That's not a big deal. We're not going to push it too much, but. You try to make it as fun as you can, and um, he wants to be out there. He's, he's a barn rat. He's never never out of the barn. He's the girls are all real good with him, and um, yeah, no, he, he's 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 a handful that kid. <laughs> and final question: What what are your future plans or goals? Oh my God, I don't know. We're 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 working real hard on just improving the quality of the horses that we have. And, um, putting ourselves in situations that um, you know you, you get to the top of the sport you do it with multiple horses not just one so if if you end up having a blip along the way at least you've got some some horses coming through and you're not having to start all over again from scratch personally I'd love to get back to the five star level and um, cruise around a, a bunch more and um, maybe get on some teams. That would be huge calls. Great. Well, thank you very much. I really appreci- appreciate your taking time to speak with me this morning. Absolutely, no problem. Thanks for listening to this week's episode with Tim Bork. And a big thank you to the sponsor of this week's episode, Kentucky Performance Products. Learn more at kppusa.com. You can subscribe to the Practical Horseman podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review the show. I'm Sandy Olenek, and you've been listening to the Practical Horseman podcast.